welcome, welcome to a very new and very special episode of Moose Mike. If you're watching on YouTube, you might have noticed something a tiny bit different. If you're not, what are you doing? Go to our YouTube channel. Go watch it there. Go. Come on, give us some views. Yes, the Moose Mike podcast has gone to a video format now. To celebrate our 11th episode, we are giving this a shot. And what more special occasion to talk about and do a video podcast than to shit on a TV show? Like, that's the best way of starting that. So, today, I'm going to be joined by my co-host, as always, Rodrigo. Hey, folks. Nice to meet you. And Stafford. Hello. You can see us wave at each other now. Yes, <laughs> and you can see us gesticulate and get angry at each other for all the opinions oh, you guys Oh, have. I'm, I'm already ready for it, man. I, I was I was half tempted to warn you guys last night that I loved the hell out of this show, so we better not be shitting on nothing. Oh, dude. Uh, okay, let's... Today's episode is on the Umbrella Academy. Season 2 just came out. Uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. It came out on a Friday. We all binge-watched it. I watched it once and a half. Couldn't watch it two times. I had other stuff to do. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah. Look, man, I really wanted to watch Firefly, all right? <laughs> I really wanted to watch Firefly, dude. For fuck's sake, Arthur. Responsibilities, priorities, man. Look, how many times did you watch Umbrella Academy? Once. Yeah, I watched it once and a half, so... How do you know? Well, I just need to watch it once. Like, that's the thing. Well, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I, I guess that's how we start the episode. Then. What yeah. General thoughts of the season. Like, general thoughts about Umbrella Academy in general. Let's talk about that real quick. Well, I think Stafford should start off, like, because he's the most positive side, I think, from this, <laughs> this table of three. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. All right. Well, I guess I get to, we get to start off with the good stuff, then. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I really enjoy the series in general. Um, I've read the graphic novels. Uh, I had them until uh, I loaned them to a friend uh, before moving and, and did not get them back, uh, which was very unfortunate. Um, but yeah, they're they're fantastic. Um, not I should say not like the the best graphic novels I think ever, but they're they're solid. They're interesting. They're fun. They set up a unique world without a huge amount of expo- exposition, which I think is part of what I liked so much about them. Um, so there's very little explanation about some very strange things like, oh, by the way, monkeys can talk and like have jobs and that's just kind of a normal thing. Um, and, and also and I, I think something interesting that you're pointing out with the graphic novels is like mm-hmm. this, this came out, what is it, like 10 years ago? Something yeah, like that yeah, while, by, by uh, Gerard Way from mm-hmm. uh, My Chemical Romance. And yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah, at that moment, Gabriel Bach. that's yeah. the craziest thing. Uh, and the thing is like, when when I saw it the first time when I was uh, younger, <laughs> the I, I thought it was kind of like related to the Black Parade uh, album from My Chemical mm-hmm. Romance because they kind of like had the same aesthetics or similar aesthetics from between the show and the graphic novel, right? Mm-hmm. And then like when I started like reading just a staffer, like it was kind of like oh holy shit, like this is completely different from what they were saying up in the Black Parade. Uh, but yeah, like I I think they're amazing graphic novels. Uh, continue on staffer, sorry to yeah, to no, that's that fine. In. Um, so then, then with regards to the show, I think they definitely took it, they, de- they definitely took it in a different direction, um, than the graphic novels, but I think they, I think the choices that they made narratively were the right choices. I think they were good calls pretty much, pretty much all around. Um, that was my feeling on the first season was, you know, okay, well, this is a, this is a much different direction, but I felt like it was better. Um, still some things that like there were there were still like the relationship between um number one and uh between luther and 
and Allison. Allison, yeah, is all is always just kind of weird to me. No matter what, it's just, it's just awkward, which I guess <laughs> is, is the intention. Is, is that not a thing in the in the graphic novel? It, no, it absolutely is. Uh, they're also both white in the in the graphic novel. Oh, come. Which kind of makes it even more awkward. I hate to say it's just like it's even like all of them. One, all of them are white, which is a problem in the graphic novel, as we're. Um, but yeah, but but I think it's kind of like what we were we have been discussing for a couple of episodes. It's just like people need to accept that like beforehand, and 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 I I realize like just to be honest, also with our own production company and our own projects, like there has been occasions where like either creators or directors we have worked with or just like in general people as a writer that we have worked with like the first thing that comes to mind is like in the script it says for example i don't know joe 40 year old white man in his job or something so like we have like we have been indoctrinated or not indoctrinated like there has been like a very constant in media where like we see protagonists or like main guys Mm -hmm. being white people like, and yeah. that can be related to a lot of different sources and a lot of different media, such as, like, in this case, comic books. Right. So with this kind of, like, progressive mind and trying to figure out, like, where everybody belongs in this world and, like, accepting and also showcasing that there's a lot of different people around the world, uh, like, there, there, there shouldn't be an issue. Because even though, like, from what I remember from reading the graphic novel, yeah, they're all white, but, like, it's not kind of like a trait from the... Like, it doesn't matter if they're not like I also think, for example, with the Allison case, like it just gives so much to the story, you know. And oh, especially absolutely. The season. So, so you're yeah. telling me, yeah, you're, um, you're telling me, Rodrigo, that Snowflake and Safe Space are here to save us. No, no, completely not. <laughs> that's the thing. Like that's and, and, and I, 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 I highlighted that on on, on that uh, first episode. I think it is it's good to acknowledge different like groups and different races and all this kind of stuff but also you have to be careful how you represent them because if you're just because what i think happened and i don't want to deviate to a whole new new warriors like going back to that but i think what happened with new new warriors is like okay so me as the writer i think it was donny cates no no it was another guy but like so that guy i think he saw like on the surface level like also we have this guy that loves memes. I'm going to make like a meme guy that turns into this internet gas character. Uh, oh, we need like an LGBT character. Like, oh, I can bring snowflakes and I can bring this because they empower and they like take these names and just make it something different. And it's just like, well, you're just like touching everything on a surface level and trying to appeal to all these demographics instead of like, for example, what I think something really interesting happened in this season with Bania that we're going to talk later on, but like, I think it's different example of how you represent all these kind of like people and all yeah. these kind of like uh, identities that people have. But if you do it in the wrong way, of course I'm going to shit on it. But if you do it right, or I think yeah. like you're making a good effort, I'm going to give you props to that. And I think that's yeah. something that Umbrella Academy deserves. Like they yeah. Talk talking about Vanya though, real quick. I just want to make that point. So give me another opinion about Umbrella Academy. I don't. I think there's this expectation that I will hate everything. That you guys enjoyed. That is not true. It uh, is. Uh, <laughs> I quite enjoyed both seasons of Umbrella Academy. I do have a few issues with them. My big issue with season one, that season two did, quote unquote, fix it, is Vanya. Oh, for me, it didn't. Like, my, my thing with Vanya is that she is the her, the white violin plotline is not original. It's a dark Phoenix plotline then again. However, the show did it pretty well. They did the Dark Phoenix plotline pretty well. It made it interesting. 
the way it happens, it's realistic, it's engaging. Except that everything leading to it, the Vanya plotline with Leonard, is the most boring, uninteresting plotline of that season. And it's insane because it's the most important one. It's a doomsday plotline. It's but, but, a key to everything. But God, like, is it like until the final episode, the final few three episodes, the plotline is just flat. Like, but I think you can say the same thing about the season. Like, I I, I listed it as one of my down points. Like, okay. uh, yeah, like the whole Banya subplot. Like, I, I oh, consider no. it like a, a downside because. I hate like I freaking like first of all I hate time travel as a whole because it, I gotta because talk it, I gotta talk about like, like I got a big I got a big that, issue that, 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 oh boy. that that's going to be a whole discussion but the the whole thing I hate also the amnesia plotline because yes. like it just restarts the character as a whole instead of like making it accountable yeah. for the past yeah. mistake that they have made yeah. and mm. then like also as you have pointed out like even though like you know like where it's leading up as for example with the dark phoenix uh structure kind of thing with the same structure from amnesia like you already know that at some point bunny is going to get her memories back so it's like it renders most of the stuff like pointless except for like the saving of the kid on, yes. the, on the lake that just becomes another sub subplot uh of the show but like i just think it just exasperating like seeing like your character going to point zero yet again and like you already know at some point she's going to explode or she's going to like do something and it's going to trigger all these memories back and it's just so fucking boring it's so fucking boring like so, just to see it so i gotta say my thought when i saw the uh, talk about the so, uh, before we get to the media plotline let's talk about what you mean was the best thing in the show the intro segment of this season like i went back to rewatch it a few times it's so fucking good Especially if you're someone that's for some reason skipping season one and just getting to season two like straight up, the intro segment with like each of them arriving in different eras, in different ages, 1960s, calling for each other, ending with five arriving in the middle of a Soviet invasion, and you see all of them fighting. They're not. By the way, it's the most interesting fact that got on my second rewatch. They're not fighting Soviets. They're fighting both sides. The Umbrella mm -hmm. Academy is not on the American side. They are fighting everyone on that scene, which is super, it's an interesting decision they made. They are fighting every single soldier. They kill American soldiers, Klaus kills American soldiers, uh, Luther kills Soviet soldiers, Diego kills everyone. It's, it's a pretty amazing scene. Mm. And like, it's the way it's shot, and it's such a good beginning. But then, <laughs> that scene ends, and that scene ends, and we get Hazel coming back. And doing the whole review thing. And it brings... It's probably one of my biggest problems of the season. Which was one of my smaller problems in season one. That this season just... The fucking Swedes. God! What horrible fucking characters the Swedes are. I don't think so. I hate the... I, I, I hate the Swedes as a concept. They should... I, I hate the, con like, the concept... As a whole, like, I think... Yeah, you're giving props to, like, what they were doing of, like, oh, yeah, the Umbrella Academy is, like, fucking up, like, American soldiers, and at the same time, like, they're fucking up Russian soldiers, so they're, like, neutral or whatever. Yeah. But, like, the thing that I didn't like on the show is, like, they, they go back... Fuck, it's just, like, I know you want to highlight, like, just the good things at the moment, but I just need no, to I shit don't, on that. No, I don't. I don't uh, shit on it. But <laughs> the thing I is, like... I the beginning that I love. No, 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 but I <laughs> fucking hated that this season, like, they talk about all these progressive stuff, and, like, the they show advances in some of stuff that other shows don't, don't do it, but at the same time, like, they relied on the villain, 
foreign villain uh, that hunts down people with the sweets, and I fucking hated that. And, and then, then like, also I hated that in general. Like, you have seen this kind of like a scenario play out of like let's avoid killing like John F. Kennedy. Like, I I, I hate that. No, such, that's good. Such yeah, a, that was good. I love that. Such a progressive show like doesn't like detach themselves from such like cliche American like but, but story that's lines. the point that's the, that's the point of the show actually but like, we have seen they, it a they, bunch of times you know no, but that's a, like the show is saying what you're saying nobody cares about saving Kennedy but Diego he has this hero complex that makes it not only but, but not only he wants to save Kennedy but he also wants to go back and pass and kill Hitler he has a whole hit list of things he wants to do with his hero complex. And that's the point. Other characters make fun of him for trying to save Kennedy. Other characters straight up try stopping him from saving Kennedy. Like, it's uh, an archaic idea that Diego stuck on and it's a character flaw for him. That's why I thought it was interesting because it wasn't the Umbrella Academy is back on the past so let's go save Kennedy. No, it isn't. It's, let's go, that's Diego's character flaw. My problem with the sweets, specifically, is... We're gonna, I think, as we get deeper, we're gonna talk more about this. But my big problem with the fucking sweets is how useless they are. Mm. Chacha and Hazel on season one were like a highlight for me, just because like they were weird, creepy, but they got shit done. Like Chacha and Hazel actively got in the way of the heroes, and like they messed up five plans a few times actually, destroying the lab, actually attacking the Umbrella Academy and kidnapping Claus. Like, they, they did stuff. The fuck? The Swedes, the Swedes have done nothing this entire season. They only do something at the end, and you don't really need them to do Like, it's... Mm. They, I feel like they're there because they wanted to have the commission hunters, but they are so useless. Like, they do... They, nothing. They're... They're dum-dums. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they get nothing done. Well, I think, I think in a way, that's, that's kind of some of the comedy of the commission. Right. Is that really they're they're kind of inept in, but, in every in every example, except for the handler who's plays but, the villain role. All the characters that you've met of the commission are are relatively inept or frankly, I, comedic characters where they I, don't, I disagree. You know, I disagree so much because, again, if you go back to season one, our, we have three commission characters, which is the handler, Chacha and Hazel. All of them are super fucking efficient. The three main commission people are hyper-efficient in what they do. At the mm -hmm. point where they can fight superheroes. Like, Cha-Cha... Mm -hmm. Cha-Cha went... The other thing, Cha-Cha died to a bunch of bullets. He went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Luther in season one, which was weird. But... <laughs> which was weird. I get it. Cha-Cha got gunned down. It's, that's okay. You had to kill him fast. I get it. But the commission on season one was efficient. And the season two commission, they kind of tried to make a joke out of it. With the Swede, with Herb, which, although nice, it like... Hey, hey, hey. They're, they're supposed to no, antagonists. You, you don't get to shit on Herb. Like, <laughs> supposed, for me, like, he, he was a highlight of the show. Yeah. Like, and then you have, they have, like, Lila and Handler, I guess, are the only scary people in the commission. Lila. That's kind, of, kind of laughable. But then, yeah, and then, and then you have them arriving on different eras, and then you have what, for me, is the worst plot line of the season, which is Klaus arrives first. After Klaus, you have Allison, and then and then Allison, Luther, Diego, and then Fives, and then Hazel saves Fives, and that's my probably my most hated season of, scene in the season. As Hazel and Fives are talking, they just get 
the Swedes just leave a bus with machine guns on their hands and gun down Hazel because I guess there's no time. The, the thing is, like, I think, and, and I see it as good, a, a good point of the show that have kind of, like, embraced, because, correct me if I'm wrong, Stafford, but I think, like, Gerard Way, like, just got stuck in, like, uh, the first novel and that's it, right? He made, there were two, um, but then there was a third that was supposed to come, or supposedly was coming out at some point, and then I'm assuming has now been replaced by the show. Yeah. Um, there likely will not be anymore. I thought the that was three yes. of them. I thought like it was five, three of them. years ago that it was announced. No, no, it, it was very few. Like, they have very few source materials. Yeah, there's it, only it, two. It's Apocalypse Suit, and what's the other one? Uh, I don't uh, remember the name. God, yeah, I don't remember either. It was their first one, yeah, was Apocalypse Suites. Because also, oh, like, man. there has been, like, a, a huge gap in between them. Like, it's not like... It was... So there's three. There, there, there's actually four. Four? Oh, okay, interesting. So four? Uh, four is actually going to be the season, the next season, which we're going to get to soon. But it's Apocalypse Suite, which is the... It's the... The first season. White Violin plotline. Yeah. Dallas, which apparently Dallas is a commission in Chacha and Hazel, and they mix season one, uh, volume one and two in season one. Yeah. Hotel Oblivion is volume three. Which came, uh, which came out like last year, I think. Yeah, came out June twenty nineteen. Came does, out. Does it last say year. it has something related to this season or not? Uh, uh, Hotel Oblivion. Uh, I can doing a quick read here. Yeah. It's the return of Doctor Terminal, Space Boy. No one can speak the hotel. It's a new. It's a villain coming back. It's a, it's a. It's. I don't think it has anything to do with. This it season, doesn't have though. anything to do. And then Volume Four, which is going to come out in twenty twenty, and it came out in twenty twenty. No, it, he re- it was revealed in twenty twenty. My bad. It is Sparrow Academy. Okay, something okay. they hinted at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, but we can go into okay. that like later. Yeah, later. Um, but they, they, those are the, there's three volumes. One came out last year, and the fourth one coming out gotcha. at some point. Yeah. So I think one of the highlights of this show is like they have, even though like the lack of uh, source material, like they have embraced that comic book roots that they have, like of like oh, kind of like what Stafford was saying, and just like supporting what he was saying, like a lot of possibilities open up to the weirdness when they embrace that and they don't have to overly explain or have like other shows like for example for Pogo even though like they they have a little episodes here and there that they explain like what happened with Pogo and all that kind of stuff in order for him to become the character we see in season one like you don't have to in, in at least in this season two like there's a lot of moments that you don't need to be like handpicking the audience and telling them like this is why it happens or yeah. this is why this character exists like it's just like pure craziness and i think that's one of like the enjoy yeah one of like the joys of the show you know yeah. but at mm-hmm. the same time i see it as a problem because at the same time like shit like plot armor and like characters not dying and then like relying so much in like this kind of like trope that you're saying after of like oh well they become like such regulars that it becomes kind of like a comic relief instead of like seeing the commission as a threat or something like that. I think that's one of the downsides. Like you have you have all these like funny moments and yeah. seeing all these things that you don't see in other shows with all the weirdness. But then like you have the downside of like okay, so you also get all the comic book shit that you're used you're used to, you know. And it's totally super strange as well. Like when you have stuff like like you have stuff like the Swedes throwing knives at each other because I guess we need screen time. I, I guess. Uh, and then we have other stuff on the show, especially like stuff from the first season. Like it's, it, it's weird. But you I can, uh, but I, I can, mm, I don't know. No, but ton- ton- tonally I saw it more consistent this season. I think last mm. season it was kind of like 
they shifted like too hard, yeah. you know? Like there was, for example, we went through an action sequence and then we went to a melodrama with Luther and Allison and then they wanted us to laugh with Blast, you know? And I'm I think so like glad a, a lot of like that got kind of like chopped in season two because we are mostly in a dark humor kind of like yeah. tone for most I'm, of the I'm season. So so glad they didn't move past the Allison Luther plot line. But they honestly, didn't. They didn't. Like it, we still God, have it. No, we still have it. Get it, get still, out of here. It's still it's still a thing. And I and again like to uh, so, so revisit what I had said before, <laughs> like it still just weirds me out because it's like uh, they are they were raised as siblings even though they aren't. So it's not like it's te it's te technically it's not incestuous at all. It's just awkward. And I guess that's sort of the point. And I, and again like i'm glad one that the, the cast is more diverse but i also think in a weird way it creates a visual dissonance between the two of them so it's even more obvious that they're not blood related siblings which helps make it a little less but awkward I mean, and probably more palatable for yeah. tv it's really nice how how diverse the, the, the apo umbrella academy is only like there's two yeah. white guys it's luther and Klaus. everyone else is yeah um, but also coming, to, coming back to what stafford was saying i think uh also the luther soup bloodline like that also fucked up the, the season two for me like so, the whole working yeah. for rugby what's his name J jack ruby it was so, so pointless like it is so <laughs> i like the luther plot line in regards that luther as a character grew no and he was, didn't he was interesting to see like him not being dumb dumb luther from season one but he is but introducing jack ruby the guy that shot lee harvey oswald to have him just luther you're fired and leave the show why? Nah, nah, man. Like, what? I, I, all, all, I think the, all the points so that you're saying of like him, he's not the dum dum from season one. But he's like, not though. Like, he is. A, he is because also not. like he's you, the glue of the team. The, the thing is like, also one of the highlights that I like write down while I was watching the show is like most of the actors and most of the cast feel more comfortable, or at least yes. they look more comfortable in these characters than in season one. Luther and Bania are deceptions because for one, like as we have pointed out, Banya had to reset her whole character for most of the season. And Luther, the problem with Luther is like, he's not the dum-dum that you knew from season one because in this season, he's overacting a lot of stuff because if you see it, a lot of the humor, humor stuff in, in between, like when Klaus is saying a joke or when like, I don't know, um, Diego is saying a joke or something, like it just comes natural from the character. The problem with Luther is like he's waiting for punchlines to react to. So he's like not even Luther at this moment. It's just Dude, like no. the actor with this gorilla suit. I I, 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 I saw it that way. Like, I did not notice that at all. And and neither of my viewers. I don't know. <laughs> like you can see it pretty clear when, when they're walking with the two fives and in the bridge and all that kind of stuff. Like he's just, he just no. waiting. He's just waiting for jokes to react. No, I feel like that. So no, I feel like that moment was perfect because he was... So I don't think like, I didn't see as him waiting for jokes to react. I saw that as him confused, like he generally did not know what he was going to do nah. because he is like it's what it's what Fives point out. He has daddy issues. He he respects older men. So when this older looking Fives who doesn't look like he's losing it, puts like hey we gotta do this. He listens to it, but he's conflicted because also his little the other one's his little brother. He's gonna kill his little brother, and like it's. Like, I don't think it's, like, it's him waiting for a punchline to make a joke. It's him, like, in his head, confused I, on what to do. But I, I, I think you're you're trying to, like, you're explaining what they wanted to do. But the result was otherwise. It's just the actor I, reacting to the lines of the other that, actor. That, that's but, how I saw the result. Like, him on his head thinking about think things. So. I don't that's think how, so. That's how I saw it. 
I, I think he's one of like from all the cast, he was on the downside for this season. Like I don't uh -huh. say like I hate the guy or I didn't like him or whatever. I just think like a lot of stuff he's overreacting and he's just like reacting to other people's stuff. He's not developing the character. Also, I you just... can you can clearly see it in the uh, when they call in like the when when, when there's the blood from the sweet uh, message of Olga Poga or that kind of stuff, and he's mm -hmm. calling by the phone. He's reacting to Diego's jokes, but he's not reacting as Luther. He's reacting as any anybody will do it, you know. As any actor that is overreacting to jokes will do it. But it's because it's kind of Luther's character. He's the big That's dumb jock. That's not his character. That's He's not a jock. That's not character. It like, is. You, you can justify it as much as you want, but that's not character. It's just it the is. actor reading lines. No, like, but he shouldn't it, be it doing is, though. It. Like, he, Luther is like the big dumb jock of the group. Like, he... No. I, I'm sorry. Can't. I did not see it that way, dude. I did not see it that way. Yeah, like, but also you see fantastic acting in Fast and the Furious. So, like, I don't. We, we can, we can wait, agree wait, to disagree. Wait, wait. Let's settle down. Let's settle down. Now you're putting words I never Whoa. said. I never in my life have said. In fact, my quote about Fast and Furious is that it's dumb. It's stupid. Just like Luther. No, no, and that's why you like, like him. It. No, that's. No, that's not. That's not at all. If it was just. Look, even. Like, if it was a case of just being dumb and stupid. Yeah. And like, and I liked it because it's dumb and stupid. I'd say it, but it's not. Like, I feel like his character did a lot of progress this season. But he specifically, did. specifically, yeah, he did. Like, he wasn't as overprotective anymore. He wasn't trying to control. He wasn't as controlling. In fact, if anyone was super controlling this season, it was Five and Diego. Like, he, yeah. I feel like his character did change a lot from first season, and it felt earned because he, like, he, he is the big cause. If there was one. Umbrella Academy member, it's not Vanya that you're going to blame for the Doomsday in season one. It's Luther. He, if, without, if you take Vanya out of the equation, he counted. He made it happen with how he acted. And he knows that. And throughout the season, he's showing regret and he's evolving. And he's, let, he's not as controlling as he was. And that's development. That's interesting development. Now, with that said, his plot line is probably the stupidest one. Because we have this guy who had a chandelier drop on him last season fighting regular dudes in a bare knuckle boxing match and no 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 losing. wait 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 no because i think like i think <laughs> just talking about this we're going to get to the to the finale of the of the whole show uh because it's all it's all about power scalings and power, power levels scaling, that, yeah there's yeah, one thing you gotta uh, say when we get to the end power scaling is all over the place in the show Okay, so we're going to that. <laughs> so, no, no, let's not go there. Okay, uh, okay, so let's not go there right now. Let's let's just like we uh, just agree on Luther. Let's... Yeah. So I think like you were pointing out um, more controlling parts for um, for Diego and for Five, right? I think yeah. both of them, Eden Gallagher and uh, what's what's Who? his name, uh, David Castaneda, like David the, Castaneda. the actors, like they fucking knock it out of the park. This oh, yeah. oh yeah, for, oh, for oh, me. Yeah. Both of them, they're like the highlights of this season yeah. in terms of acting. Like I know people love Klaus and like love people love Allison, but like for me, it was really amazing to see both Diego and, and Five yes. at the spotlight because there's yes. no episode that they don't have like a, a specific segment dedicated yes. to them. And so, and that's what I was going to say to you, like in terms of like representation. I think Diego is an amazing Latin character, you know? Yes. Because it's, it's just like as we have pointed out, both me and you. Like usually, uh, people from our home countries or from our uh, community, they're represented as like narco characters or like gardeners and all that kind of stuff. Or sex symbols, like or sex symbols, day. yeah. But but also like it's just that it's, it's just archetypes and just stereotypes. Yeah. With Diego, you have a full character yes. development. Like he's he has a hero archetype. Like what you were pointing, like he has a hero aspiration. He's like 
I, I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm going to do this for the greater good. Like, yes. I just think he's such a fucking amazing character, you know? And, he is. And he's just, like, representing in the proper way a community yeah. through this character, you know? And, and, and yeah. Diego is my favorite Umbrella Academy character since season one. I really like him because... I, first, because he's a Latino character, and I like most Latino characters that are not stereotypes because I just like them. But on season one, he was stuffed like... Yeah. Because he's not a big issue in season one. He does things. Like, his character in season one is all over the place, right? He he has the hero complex in season one, but it's not as explored as it is in season two. And he, he flip-flops on what he wants to do, right? In one scene, he hates Vanya. On the other, he wants to free her. Like, Diego... Like, what you see on Luther in season two, I saw Diego in season one. Like, he was doing things because the plot asked him to do in season one. Season two, Diego was such a huge improvement. As I said, him having the spotlight now was amazing. Like, him... Having his own plot line with a commission and, and like doing his own thing and like making sense and finally exploring that hero complex that he has and like seeing it as a flaw and exploring that was so interesting for the character because it's something he always had since season one that was just kind of brushed aside because I guess we gotta see Allison and Luther make out for another 30 seconds. I don't know, like, if, if right now that you pointed out, but I don't know if like the show subtly they're doing like. Because you pointed out, like, really good. In season one, like, Luther, even though, like, everybody gets the spotlight, Luther was kind of, like, the main yes. driving force. Then on he season was. two, like, you have Diego moving the, the main driving force. So I don't know if they're going to do, like, that for every season where, like, suddenly, like, number three on season three is going to be, like, the main driving force or something. Yeah. Because we have gone through Luther number one, Diego three, number, number two, two, and I think Allison is yeah. number three. Uh, Allison is number three, Klaus number four, yeah. five is five, six is Ben, seven is Ben, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be so interesting. Five and six. <laughs> <laughs> ben is five. Yeah. Uh, well, ben, that's it. Is Ben? Ben is back. Ben is back. Ish. And Spoilers, I guess, for yeah. people listening at home. I mean, if you're listening to Umbrella Academy podcast, well, I, I, I think like cast. we're doing all the spoilers for this thing. Yeah. Like, it will be... Diego's plotline though is pretty amazing. Like, his powers. They. They're... Did he change his power or did he get, just get stronger? Because from what I remember from season one, and I haven't read a graphic novel, but from season one, I remember his power was that he could he could throw projectiles and guide where they were going was his power, which I guess, I don't well, know it's the same thing. How, how that quantifies. But now it's just straight up Magneto. Like he can stop bullets and shit. Well, there's still projectiles yeah. if you count as that. But. Yeah, but I thought he had to be the one throwing. Like, I, so like since he like he's not a metal bender, he's not a con- material controller. I thought it was a thing like he can perfectly throw things. Like he's the perfect thrower is what I thought it was. But apparently it's not. It's yeah. I think... I'm gonna admit that I I think in general their powers are not ever super clarified. Yeah. Um... Also, like you can see it with Banya, like she has like a bunch of powers, even though like it's just and Lila later on. And La- yeah. <laughs> also, oh, La- Lila was a great character. I, Lila I have was a great character. No, oh, she was. She was probably the best. If Diego was my favorite part, like every time it was Lila and Diego on screen, I was happy. Like that was my was my happy place on the show. And again, having like having Lila and Diego fight the Swedes and having her make the choice to think five was pretty telling of her character. Pretty interesting. Having okay, we gotta say this. The, co- the choreography on the show is sometimes amazing and sometimes non-existent. When it's amazing, it's awesome. When it's non-existent, it's... 
Well, you can see it, like, you can see the comparison. I think, and, and also, like, to but, start wrapping up, like, general points, like, mm. uh, because I think we can go into spoilers and get something really juicy out of it. As you're pointing out, like, action sequences, you can see, like, a huge upgrade from season one. Yes. In some aspects. And there's a lot of, like, downsides as well. Because you can see it, for example, as you were mentioning, the action sequence of, um, the, the opening sequence with five. That's an amazing action sequence. And also, like, the, the one from five when he's, like, decimating, like, the the council of, like, these fucking guys. Because yeah. th- that thing was a straight up, like, Nightcrawler from the X-Men, but border yeah. shit. Like, that yeah. was fucking... It was one of my favorite scenes from and, the show. And then you, you have stuff like Diego fighting... I guess, uh, at this point, Diego fighting his dad in the factory on, like, just one full source of light. Also... Have, like, one long take... Also, them fighting the Swedes on the consulate, and you the cameras outside, and you see it through a window. It's yeah, also such the, the fight, fight choreography. The fight with uh, uh, Lila and uh, M Five in the warehouse that was also a downside for me. It wasn't that interesting. Uh, so, the the fights fight like Five had a one really amazing fight in season one. The first time we see him using his powers, killing the commission guys, those the, the spec ops team, the commission set, right? Yeah. But every single fight Fives is on this season is just so, like, you have a point where, again, spoilers, you have Fives fighting Fives. And it's so boring. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I understand what you're trying to do, but this oh, is you, so uninteresting. You mean the one with Luther in Luther, slow-mo? Yeah, when when like, it's, like, focusing around, on Luther, and they're going yeah. around Luther, and you just see them teleporting, and not even hitting each other. I'm like... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess that's how realistically a fight between teleporters would look like. But God, is this un- uninteresting to watch. And it's the thing where you gotta say, yeah, it would be realistic to be like that, sure. But it's not interesting to watch. So should, we, should you really do it like this? And also, I think like the show is like super unrealistic in most of it. So why would you try to make it realistic in some aspect? Yeah. You know, like it's just embrace yeah, yeah. all that kind of shit at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should and, we get and- into small nitpicks? Um, I was, I was just going to say, if we're talking about um, Five and the fights, what did you guys think of when he kills the, the board for the commission? I, for one, loved that. Cool. Fucking I thought that, that was, was that, that amazing. amazing. Yeah. Man, and, I, and I really like AJ as a character, so I felt really bad for him. I was like, no, no, AJ, no, yeah. God. I was, I was cheering for AJ to survive the whole show. Yeah. And I was, was really hoping that he was going to have a comeback. Like that, that he wasn't get, like that she because she kept him in the fishbowl for a while, and I was like, oh, okay, great, he's gonna come back. Yeah. Yes, awesome. AJ will be back. No, no, no. no. She no. fucking ate him. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, I was watching it with my wife, and then out of nowhere, like, like she picks it up, like she throw, like she thought she was going to throw it or something, or put it yeah. in the, on the trash bin or something. But then, like out of nowhere, like she's just like eating the, the shit out of AJ and I was like oh man like they, they really did that huh yeah, <laughs> yeah that really but, just happened <laughs> but let's let's uh, I got a few problems with the show and I think most of my problems seem from Klaus okay so Klaus was before, my favorite part of season one <laughs> before going to the problems they had a fucking amazing soundtrack this season they yes. did oh Especially yes especially like, coming from the first was... season a big improvement from the first season soundtrack. Like, I think we need to say it before we go yes. through the bad... Fun- like, because it was, like, a fucking amazing soundtrack yes. oh, yeah. overall. Yes. Fucking amazing soundtrack. Yes. Okay. Even, like, so, with the... Mo- like, I think something that it was really interesting is, like, they just didn't took... Like, for example, with Bad Guy uh, from Billie Eilish... They, they did, took they, the cover. Yeah. Taking these covers that is not from the style of the season or from the style of the era that they're located at, but kind of, like, trying to make it closer yeah it just make it sound so freaking bad yeah, because you know? if they use actual bad guy it would take you out of the scene 
Yeah. We're just like, whoa, what the fuck, Billy? What? And also having a the song that plays on Diego is like escaping the asylum is pretty good as well. It's pretty nice the montage they do of him breaking his own shoulder to yeah. escape. The only oh. the only thing that I I would have liked, but that's just kind of like fan service is like a uh, a scene kind of like resembling like I think we're alone now, kind of like in the same uh, vein from this season one. But so uh, but, really it, but it scene, yeah, but I it wouldn't fit. Like that scene. I really, I really scene. freaking like that scene from this. I, dis- I, I was like, man, I, that was not. A, okay, I see what you're doing, but I, I don't like it. Yeah. No, no. Well, I, I think for me, like, uh, it was really cool the way that they used the music to like do transition. So it comes to mind as the um, because because that's it is not necessarily all the songs were fitting for the era yeah. or were even made to fit for the era, but then they would be used as transitions. Um, so like with um with the uh when klaus is or ben in control of klaus like oh we need one more piece of wisdom and he quotes um <laughs> backstreet boys yeah backstreet boys <laughs> and then they play backstreet boys yes. in the in the fight it creates this mental yeah. transition in your head that leads you into the next scene yeah. even though the song would otherwise be like why yeah. why in the 60s is a backstreet boys sound playing, which right? by the way that moment specifically Remind me of another show that I love that it's mm. somewhat similar. Just that scene of the, like Ben just quoting Backstreet Boys, just reminded me so much of Billy Butcher using the Spice Girls as an example on the oh, Boys. Oh yeah, right. I was like, I was, I was seeing Carl Urban like, oh, uh, it's this, it's this. Tro- I love it. It's a trope I love. I love the trope of getting a like a known pop culture icon and change the message completely and use it for mm-hmm. files i love it yeah well, what was no. the uh to, to another great example of that the movie that came out with uh <sighs> oh god the netflix film old guard the people liberating a country oh, and they've got to like pump six, up. six underground yeah that one and they've got to yeah. pump up the new leader and so yes. he quotes eminem yes to him <laughs> like you had one shot <laughs> and, the, and the person calls him on it like is that eminem <laughs> Six on the Ground is another dopey yeah. pleasure of mine. It's not a good movie, but I had a good time watching it. Yeah. It's just Michael Bay and Brian Reynolds. That's like at their worst, but it's it's yeah. a lovely watch. It's a bad movie. Though. It is. Yeah. It is. But it's a lovely yeah. thing to watch, especially think, are you quoting him enough? Yeah, it's it's the it's the candy of films. It's yeah. super, it's a candy of films. Rot yeah. your teeth. Man. Yes. But okay, I'm gonna rant about Klaus for a bit because I paid it. Like Klaus is my favorite part of season one. And I hate that they just redid his plot again. <laughs> like, I, I, Klaus in season one had so much progress. And at some point, it felt like, did Klaus also get amnesia? Because, well, like, he, he, he regressed so fucking much. The whole thing with, like, first him not letting people know the band was with him. Like, that's... What? Why? Why are you doing this? I guess... The three years were together, they might have fought a lot, and now he's... I'm going to say that was something that happened off-screen, they didn't see they fought, and Klaus said he was never showing him to anyone. Sure, it's annoying, but I'll take it. What I don't take it is we're falling again into the plot line of... Klaus had a whole arc last season of him moving on from David, and becoming better as a person for moving on from the memory. And we go back to that same plot line of him trying to stop David... From going to war, which I was like, man, like we've seen that. Like I get, like again, it's realistic. Sure, it is, but I've seen this. Can we have the character do something else, please? And him falling into drugs again, uh, into alcohol again, which is again realistic. But can we have the character do something else? Yeah, I, I just think it's that you know, like it, it, it just didn't yeah. bother me because I, I've seen people in my life 
that resembles Klaus in some sense in these kind of like habits that yeah. for me like he making the relapse like it wasn't like oh fuck like they destroyed the character it was like okay like this guy and I think that was really smart as well from the show like them separate them like in between like years in the same kind of like period I think it was really smart but that also opens the possibility of like okay so you left this guy that let's say he has been sober for 10 days and then out of nowhere you leave him alone with all the possibilities in the world and like being praised by everybody because of his abilities or something like of course he's going to make a relapse like yeah well the thing is i i yeah i think well no that's that's all right i i mean so i i think that's that rodrigo you're bringing up a really interesting point i think for all of them a really really big defining thing that that this season did was isolate them yeah and that's it is is it really it all of all of the growth and stuff that they had done in the first season was really centered around them them coming together as a family unit right that it was that they had been separated and they had sort of um lost touch with each other moved on with their lives whatever and they'd all kind of had their own problems and then they came back together as a family and started to address some of these problems and then all of a sudden that was stripped from them right yeah. suddenly that's it is yeah so you know luther's growth in the first season recognizing that you know he had made mistakes or whatever now suddenly he's alone and he's just looking for something familiar so yeah he latches on to the gangster as a father figure right um you look at uh diego right yeah diego the the hero complex latched onto that immediately because it was it was the the i'm alone so i'm gonna go do what i do and do what i know i like what what is the core thing even if it's unhealthy what is something i can cling to you know i think in in a lot of ways each character you could go down the line and find something that each of them sort of went back to you know maybe with the exception of five because five didn't really have that isolation right five and, was and, the last to show up and allison as well actually allison mm-hmm. did not allison was like again i didn't enjoy her much in the first season she was like she was she stopped using the rumor like she moved on from that like she did not regress she evolved mm-hmm. and i'm gonna say klaus did not regress either for well, the most part klaus klaus regressed at the time of the show when we watched him regress in the show for three years he was alone he actually became a spiritual leader of a cult sure but he was somewhat by helping people. lying and manipulating. That was not a positive. <laughs> that was not a positive. But, but it was thing different. But, but it was different. You see, like instead of him falling to like, because they could easily have done a thing where he falls into drugs again, gets in a crack house, and it's just, they find him there. But no, they did the thing where like, now that he's sober and has full control of the dead, he's using that for his gain. And and, and, and that wasn't a regression. That like that wasn't regression. Became a worse person, but it's different from season one, and that's what I thought they were gonna keep doing with him until they just. Oh, you remember David? Yeah, let's do that again. But also to the point of you were saying like Allison, like Allison, she had that episode where she like really like fucked up with the rumor to everybody and like burned the guy like the white supremacist hand in the coffee shop and all that kind of stuff. So like at some point she regresses, but then like addresses that and, and evolves mm-hmm. yet again. But yeah, it's, it's but, what Stafford is saying. Like, but it's a five minute thing. It's not it's a five minute a- thing. It, it, it's she 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 tells she she, she tells the the uh, Bray Ray Chestnut about about the rumor. She buys some clothes with it. She burns a dude with it, and then she doesn't use it again. But also, she does it mm-hmm. beforehand because when the police is uh, well, police brutality with Ray and all that kind of shit, and then like, she uses the rumor to to save him. But so, again, it, it's not like Klaus is like so. Klaus is like deliberately going drink and say, ah, "I want to get drunk again. We got fucked up." With her, it's a struggle. She tries. She she thinks about using it once. She starts using a cop. I heard a rumor. 
doesn't use it. And then she waits for the last resort to go, I heard a rumor that she walked away. And then she doesn't use it again until she has to to prove it to Ray. And then again, she doesn't use it until she sees Lila. I, I don't well, think so. I think again, that's what happens. What do you mean you don't think so? No, I, I, I don't think so. The way you see it, I think the the way that Stafford was pointing out, like at some point they regress, like when they're when they have been alone for so long, you know. And like I think even though like at that point in the season, like they they found out like the other members are in the in the same timeline or whatever. I just think is that like she also regresses and like she does bad stuff with her own power. Or with her own decisions, or with her own character, you know, like that's that's the thing. Like it's like you're saying, like oh, she's she has all these struggles of like trying to control herself from using the rumor. Yeah, but at the same time, like when she starts using it, like she literally like born the fucking guy hand and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and sure. that's when and that's when Ray had to point it out to her in order for her to stop doing it yet again. Sure, and there was like a scene. There was like two, three scenes. Clouds. We had like two, three episodes. Well, because we cannot. Because we cannot. Because if if it was like everybody, like you will point it out in this review, it will be like, oh, so they did the same thing to everybody. But they didn't, though. That's the thing. Like they had but, but they, they do, shouldn't. But like they they didn't do the same thing for everyone because they had Allison do a lot of new stuff, and they had one scene where she regret, they had like one episode where she regresses for like fifteen minutes. Yeah. Right. And that's where what I'm saying. Klaus, they have him do new interesting stuff for like one episode. And then he's back at like going crazy about David and like the same plot from one. That's my big problem. Because sure, we can make the argument that they all regress a bit to what they used to do, but Klaus stays stuck there. Where other characters are doing different new things, Klaus stays stuck so, there. So the point that I that I kind of want to raise too is it's not necessarily regression, I would say. Because again, it's it's not it's not like a character, you know, completely forgetting yep. all of their previous because because that I actually will commend the show very much for is is one of the biggest things that stands out to me in TV shows. Um, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna reference one specifically is the hundred that did this notoriously, and it's why I could not make it through like the second season or something. I don't know. Was the same characters make the same mistakes yes. over and over and over again? They don't learn, even though even though the show makes a point of saying this character learned from this, they don't, and they just do the same shit. Uh, this show I don't think did that. I think actually did a really good job of. They've still learned and internalized everything that they learned in the first season. It's that they're now in the isolation. It isn't a regression. It's it's finding something familiar to cling to. Yeah. It's finding something you can hold on to when you've got nothing else, right? So again, it's not necessarily that Luther is regressing as a character when he works for the uh, for the gangster. It's that it's something familiar. It's a structure that he's familiar with. So, so it's something he he it's a gravitates towards. But the only problem I have with that is like. With characters like Luther, Diego, I would agree with, because that's like 100% what happens with them. It's 100% what happens, especially like Diego. Like, he well, get, look, he, at, he look at Allison. He, he doesn't find Allison anyone, but, like, but Alice. And found, she she got married, she went and she found a community that was familiar. Like all these, she, she built that life that was similar to the one that she'd had prior to season one, right? With the with the husband and the kid. Yeah, yeah. So that was it, is it was a finding of something familiar. But, but that not was really. what was familiar to her. But With not really, Klaus, because she was, was a Hollywood you know, actress, and now she's just a regular person. And that's wildly different. She had a family, but she was also a famous Hollywood actress. Yeah, but still, like, the family concept and, is the, is the and, connection and, to her. And my, my big disagreement there is that I don't think they, specifically Allison and Klaus, they don't go back to something safe when they're isolated, because they don't. Klaus specifically gets drunk with Vanya and Allison. He does it when he finds his family. So I don't think it's isolation that caused him. It isn't. It's David. 
And that's my problem with Klaus, because we had a whole scene of him exercising David out of him. And we're seeing it again. We're seeing him have to move on from David for a second time. And that's my thing with Klaus, well, because it is in isolation, because it's it's cle- the, it's clearly not isolation. You make a point show you that's not but isolation. But it's the, it's the thing that you were saying. It's realistic. Like, if the, love your, if the love of your life was about to head to war in 10 days and you could avoid it, that's the kind of like the plotline that he's driving right. through. Like, he's sure. trying to avoid the, the love of his life dying in his arms later down the line in the timeline like he saw that happen so like sure. even if it means that they never meet right it's that it's that kind of whole thing of like so i don't think it's like i don't think it's like clinging to david it's just like it's, it's his opportunity to save david and also Which, it, it becomes kind of like this important topic of like coming out of the closet for david as well because if you see like at that moment they're pressuring him to be like somebody that he isn't throughout his father and all that kind of stuff so I, I find it really interesting. I don't see but, like the but, whole but, but, issue but, with the Klaus subplot. But, but one Klaus does a, tr- tries to get David off the closet the worst way possible. You don't force someone out of the closet. Let's start with that. You don't. But I, I don't you, think you, he you, did. Give, you, you give them room. He, he was going there. You, you give him. You give them room. To, you don't force someone out. And sure, like again, I open up with a, it's realistic. Yes, it is. It's probably would have happened in real life. I want to see Klaus do something else because I've seen Klaus do this before. I, as a viewer, was like, okay, I, I've seen this plotline. I've seen how this plotline goes. And it was, like, for me, the most predictable plotline of the show. I was like, yeah, I know where this is going. I know how this is going to end. I've seen this. I've watched this. And it goes the same way. And that's my problem with it. Because, sure, yeah, realistic. Yeah, but the most interesting character from season one for me was the least in season two. Because I guess he was so interesting in season one. Let's have him do that again. I don't know. Like I, but, I, I think at least I, I don't share that opinion. Yeah. I don't know if Stafford does as well, but I, I still found really interesting stuff from Klaus and his subplot in this season. I, I found interesting from Klaus when he wasn't doing like Klaus was interesting when he was dealing with Ben or when he was dealing with other characters. When Klaus was having his own story, I zoned out. But when he was with Ben, when he was with Luther, when he was like having doing new things, I was like, yeah, hell yeah. But yeah, no, I could, did not sign up for that. Yeah, I yeah, I guess I can kind of I can kind of see that. I I personally just didn't enjoy Klaus as a character in the first like not that I actively disliked them. It just wasn't my favorite character kind of at any point. So maybe it, that's why it didn't stand out to me as much. Um, but I will say yeah again with regards to like the the David thing like again yeah I think I I I thought that made complete sense right of this like you know you've got the chance right i mean whether or not you've gotten over somebody if like you know the love of your life died in your arms right whether or not you move it moving on and forgetting those feelings very different right it wasn't that they broke up it wasn't that um that they'd fallen apart or whatever like that their relationship ended mutually or even was broken up it was it was literally that the one of them died in the other's arms like Yes, Klaus might be able to move on from that, but that love will never go away. Let, let me structure my complaint different then. My complaint isn't that Klaus found David and decided that he had to save David's life, because that's the real, that's what everyone would do, right? If you find a love of your life, you would try to save their lives. My problem is there was a clear writing decision of putting David on the story, making sure that the Kennedy assassination is what motivated him to sign up, and allowing Klaus to stop it. There was a clear decision, a writer decision, to write a plotline in when you could have written any other plotline for him, mm-hmm. you know? That, like, it's not the fact, like, the fact that David's on the story is going to force Klaus to do this. And I feel that that's, 
they have like Klaus has done this before, you know. Mm-hmm. Had, okay. and, and, and there's a very there's a much more interesting plot line with Klaus that they don't touch on, which is the again they touch on much further on, which is when Ben sacrifices himself, which is a plot line they never touched on, but they just touched on when it ends, which is so weird, which is Klaus thinking that Ben never left because of him, that he was holding Ben back. Mm-hmm. That like. That, that was like when him and Vanya have the conversation it's so interesting but it's never yeah. hinted at it's never discussed it was a little out of the blue that definitely was I, I feel like something like that like, would be more interesting yeah, to see that, like Klaus dealing with the fact that he's holding Ben back and Ben being afraid of going away and moving on mm-hmm. you know again sure it, it makes complete sense and at the end of the day it's a good plot line it's why it worked so well in season one and it works okay here I just want to see something else as a viewer right my, but that's just a nitpick, right? That's not an mm-hmm. actual, that's just me nitpicking the show. That makes sense. My actual criticism of the show is that there's one thing that just makes no sense. What's that? And I, I got that on my second rewatch. Our boy Diego goes to the commission. Oh. Our, our, my, my, my boy, my boy Diego, he goes to the commission, right? Okay. And first thing, commission, he goes to the commission, he does the test, and uh, he finds out what's going to go down. He finds out that Vanya is going to destroy an FBI building, which is going to save Candy's life. But also start nuclear war. Our boy Herb helps Diego find that out, and he gives him a time traveling machine. Diego doesn't go back to 1961 when Vanya landed and saves her. He doesn't go to a week before. No, no, he goes back to the day Kennedy dies, where he only has a few hours to save Vanya, and he has a time machine. And his most logical solution to stopping the apocalypse is not going back to when Vanya dropped. And stopping her from being ran over. It's not going back to a week before five arrived and finding fun in the farm and, and like sheltering her. No, it's let me go back to a few hours before it happens. So I guess we can, because reasons. I, I think that's also one of my complaints with time traveling. I, I, me and Arthur, like off cameras and all that kind of stuff, like we have gone through a lot of battles about time travel, specifically the one from yeah. Avengers Endgame, Endgame. and uh, Infinity War and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just think in, in this kind of like scenario in Umbrella Academy, it's like, they, they it's, it's weird because they overcomplicate time travel, but also oversimplify it, you know, in the sense where it's a lot of the shit that goes, and, and I think we can discuss it as well with the power levels and the power scalings. A lot of the shit that is like, for example, the commission is an all powerful entity that controls timelines and time and time travel but still like as, as Arthur pointed out like they're completely inept to do mm-hmm. much of mo- most of the activities and most of the missions that they're tasked to do when they can simply like go back and just do it you know or just be placed in the right time in the right moment to execute those things yeah uh, and at the same time and- with five like five has the power to control time and even like if we pointed out in the in the show that he hasn't grasped that control and he still has to figure out like seconds before going decades and all that kind of shit but the thing is like time travel in in this show doesn't make sense also with the decisions that the characters want to do if uh if and just going back to the clause thing if clause saves david that can unravel a whole lot of different um events that who knows what the future will look like because what as, he as, done? as they what pointed he... out like nobody's insignificant well and, and well, that's well, i think part of the point specifically with regards to the main cast doing this but the complete disregard for anybody but five being cautious about time yeah 
about time. Yeah, all the rest of them are like, yeah, save David, do this, do that. But you know, like save JFK, yeah. Say yeah, save JFK, right? Like without with complete again, complete disregard for time will change, right? And and I think I think honestly some of the consequences of that are going to probably be this third seat like the third season yes. is probably going to focus on consequences of you know what's you guys have been fucking around with time they for the met last their death. season they think that that's going to be the whole thing they met hargreaves before hargreaves adopted knew them yeah so that's going to be the whole difference between the sparrow academy and the umbrella academy well yeah because he's going to be more selective of who he adopts yeah. for the sparrow academy then yeah, and also the show makes one huge mistake in my opinion. Like they, they, they there's there's a throwaway line, the five sis, that throws all like, throws all everything out of the window, which is five mentions that he can't kill his best self and steal his luggage, his briefcase, because if he does that, five himself is gonna disappear. Because if you kill your past self, you disappear. Which brings the question, why the fuck is the commission going after these guys at the height of their power? Yeah. Why is the commission not sending a hit squad to the Umbrella Academy when they're kids? That's that's the thing, you know, like like it makes like and before you could say, oh, we gotta kill them on the right timeline to make them die. That's not the case anymore, clearly. No, and, and, gonna... well, I think because because then, well, and, and again, this is where this is where any any time you throw time travel in, the problem is, it it becomes controversial. No matter even if it even if it makes sense within internal logic, just no matter what, it always becomes controversial. Because let's say, see, the Umbrella Academy saved the world numerous times at least more more described in the graphic novels than it is in the show. But, like, the Umbrella Academy actually did save the world a few times when they were kids. Yeah. So let's say that, you know, yeah, okay, the Commission sees them as a threat, you know, as adults, but if they go and they kill them as kids, it completely fucks the timeline. That bit of, like, those 30-plus years or whatever of them after that point. So, yes, like, yeah, the Commission could hypothetically just be like, go kill Hitler as a baby and stop the problem, but then that... <sighs> fucks up everything prior to that point whereas taking them out after you know at like even even if they're more powerful now you're taking them out after all the stuff they were supposed to do has already happened so now it's just the stuff that they're not supposed to do that you're stopping sure then then trap them when they're falling out of the time vortex in the beginning of the season yeah you want to kill all them they're they're falling from a time vortex they have them fall on the ground and getting gunned down because again it's the other thing apparently they actually bullets now Apparently bullets kill them, even though Luther tanks a tank shot in the beginning of the season and at the end dies to an Uzi. <laughs> so I think I think that intro scene, though, they were all very clearly powered up, I will say. Something clearly in that version of time had happened where they were all super powered because like. I heard a rumor that I blew your mind. You've yeah. never done fucking that shit before. Yeah, rumor became a mind bending now. Mind rebria. Yeah, okay. Powers change a lot, right? This season. It's been another nitpick. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, this is not anime, but the, fo- anime. the fucking power <laughs> levels and power scalings is ridiculous. So, Allison got stronger. Diego got stronger. Luther and Klaus got weaker as the season go on because. Vanya, now her power is reality bending. Whatever, sorry, yeah. Vanya, uh, Allison, whatever he, she says happens. Mm-hmm. It's reality bending now. It's kind of like Scarlet Witch for yeah. this universe. D- D- Diego is just straight a Magneto now, which is, we all know it's a huge thing because everything's a projectile if you finesse it hard enough. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. And Klaus, his power, which was super strong, he can talk to the dead. Now he can only talk to the dead who haven't accepted their death. Which is a huge nerf. And so. Luther begins the season 
tanking a tank shot. Last season, he has a chandelier fall on him and nothing. He's okay. This season, a small caliber Uzi puts him down like a dog. Yeah. By the end so, of the season. Before we continue no this conversation, I have one very important question to ask. Yes. Hypothetically, is not the Earth this metal or this not metal this ball of minerals and and water and etc hurtling through the stars a projectile is is the earth not a projectile (laughs) (laughs) diego hypothetically (laughs) all right guys it's canon most powerful umbrella academy character diego Diego. stop the earth canon in fact from now on my head canon is who keep the the person that keeps the earth moving and twisting is diego He's okay, the reason we're all alive today. He should have a cult. He's the reason. Yeah. Praise Lord Diego for keep the earth spinning and keep us all alive of seasons yeah. and shit. Yeah. Praise oh. him. It's canon. It's that, canon. That's also one of the freaking problems. I think with Allison as well. Like, her freaking power is so OP, you know? Like, we yeah. can see it in the opening scene. And then, like, we can see it with, like, everything that she did that we already discussed. But then, like, with Lila and all that kind of stuff. And, and like, most of the situation, like, she could do something. To solve it out so much easier, but because of her hesitance or hesitance to do the rumor thing, it just becomes over complex, you know. And that's that's the thing. Like you have three from this freaking group. Like you have fucking guys that are overpowered. Like you have this girl that is overpowered. This guy, this girl, this guy supposedly, and yeah, also Ben. But like Ben, you, yeah, Ben's a fucking beast. How did Ben die, by the way? Have you ever hear? How they they haven't uh, explained that. Is this, is this, is this, is this, yeah, I I think intentionally it's not really. I don't even think in the graphic novel it's talked about. No, it's, it's not. just like on one of their missions, he's um like they just it just goes south because they're fighting criminals with guns and all sorts of shit, and he just died. Yeah. Like he, Ben dies. I I know we're saying like bad things or like the criticism, but man, like it was refreshing to see fucking uh, Hargreep in his young years, you know, and being such a fucking asshole. It's not his young years. Like he's uh, Hargreaves actually, does. I'm pretty yeah, convinced Har- Hargreaves is immortal, and yeah, and I knew he was an alien. Book. I fucking yeah. called that shit. Like, but that's that's in the comic. Like, you, you read the graphic novel. The graphic novel straight up tells you he's an alien. Does it? Because uh, yeah, oh, okay, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I read the graphic novel. I knew he was an alien. I called it. No, I, I knew he was an alien because I went. I, I didn't read the graphic novel. I read the Wikipedia page of it. Okay, all right, there you go. And I knew he was an alien. He's a Martian specifically, yeah. because of the graphic novel. Gotcha. That was probably where that idea came from. Yeah. It has been a while since I read the graphic novel. And, and also, season one ends with like rockets going away. And, like, yeah, yeah. That he's that from is... somewhere not from here. Yeah. But it was kind of cool, like, seeing those interactions that we didn't see on the first season, you know? Because it was, yeah. like, mostly, like, the main mystery of, like, oh, who killed this guy or that kind of shit, right? And now, right. like, seeing him, like, interact and... Man, like, that fucking speech when Ben died and we see them as kids and saying, like, oh, yeah, yeah. he died because you guys are so fucking idiots and, like, because... Oh, yeah. And you laid, let down the Umbrella Academy. He was like, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, how yeah. would you talk to these little kids like that? His, his brother just died. Yeah, no. And Ben is probably one of the highlights of the season as well. I just hate how Klaus did not even let him. Like, I love that he was able to talk to Diego and Diego recognize him. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was a beautiful moment. And I kind of want to see more of that. But Klaus is a fucking douchebag again. So I guess we're not doing that because we're going to repeat Klaus last season. Mm. Yeah, well, and I think, too, like, when, when, ben, salty. Well, that's, that's when Ben finally <laughs> died, like, that scene was like, I was, I was hitting me. It was hitting me in the heart. It's like, oh man, no, him and Vanya were talking. And so, like, I, 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 I get, problems with that. 
I don't have a problem with that. But I could not take that scene seriously. Why? Why? Because, it, like, Ben is probably one of my favorite characters. It was pretty emotional. But, like, the only thing I could think of is, he's gonna die again. <laughs> he's gonna die again. <laughs> they're gonna kill him again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I found it funny because, like, they're gonna kill the ghost. The ghost yeah. is gonna die again. Yeah. He's a ghost. He's already dead. He's gonna die even harder. He's, well, he's gonna he's gonna move on. He can't hold on anymore. He has to move on, right? Because like that's that's, and that's that's not how the power used to work, though. I, I love I love how uh... <laughs> Klaus could talk to anyone that was dead. Now he can only talk to people that haven't moved on, which is the weird thing about his power changing. No, but I love how like you guys take different interpretations. You know, like it's, uh, Star Force has like this super kind of like no, emotional. Kind of like man, like he couldn't move on, and now he's able to move on, and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I think, kind of like resembling what the writers tried to do, and then like Arthur just comes in and says, "Like the fucking ghost just died." <laughs> yeah, because because uh, because uh, like I'm seeing from like uh, the writer's standpoint, and I'm like, they have to kill a character to make it emotional, right? And they chose to kill the fucking ghost, and that's just hilarious. Like as a, like watching from the writer writing this, that's just hilarious for me. Like yeah. they, had, they had to kill someone to make it emotional, and that they decided that the person they wanted to kill was already dead. And that's well, just hysterical. I think for me, part of part of why that scene was so powerful is the conversation that was had with Vanya. I think I think that was more like, okay, I can fine. We can go back and forth on the whole Ben dying thing, but it was specifically what was said between Ben and Vanya that that really I think was was I just part watched. of the scene because yes, you oh, know, yes. especially with uh, I I thought they were going to kill Vanya. Like I thought that was mm. a very easy direction they could have gone because Diego has that point where he says Vanya's always the bomb. Yeah. As soon as Diego said that, I was like, he's thinking about, I have to kill her. Because no matter where we go or when we go, she will always be the end of the world. Which the fact that he was right about that also made me laugh a lot. Because I I thought, again, Mm -hmm. just a quick aside here. I thought, at first I got mad that Vanya was a bomb again. Like, oh, we're doing this again. But then it wasn't. Like, it was just, a, mm-hmm. it wasn't the main plot line. So I was like, okay, okay, I, I take yeah. it. It, it, like, it was again, but it wasn't really the big, it wasn't really the point of the scene. So that's cool with me. But mm-hmm. like, when Diego just sees Vanya destroying the building, I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> he was right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was it is. So yeah, when he makes that comment, I, I thought, okay, they're, you know, and then and then for Ben to sort of talk to her as she's like realizing, as she's making that same realization of like, I'm doing it again. I'm always going to be the bomb. I'm always going to be the problem. And for Ben to be like, we all, we all got to use our powers. We all got to learn control. We all got like all these things. Like we were taught, you were lobotomized from the age of four. Right. Like you've never been taught emotional. You've never you've never you've never had the opportunity to learn it because you've never been able to feel emotions. Yep. You know, you started feeling emotions 14 days ago. Yeah. You're going to have some you're going to have some some problems like, yeah, you know, because you've been emotionally lobotomized your whole life. But that doesn't mean that you can't learn those things that you can't become like, you know, you just kind of have to like embrace embrace yourself and embrace some of that i thought i thought that scene was really powerful oh, i yeah. thought that it was also a really 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 great way to handle like sort of going into the, like the deeper message or whatever the the messages about like mental health and stuff i thought that was really powerful of like that conversation between the two of them was great 100%. The, scene, the scene is amazing i, mm-hmm. I, I again it's just i thought it was funny on like 
if I like in a writing standpoint, I thought, oh, you're gonna kill the ghost, eh? That, that's, yeah. a, that's a that's a choice. I thought that was yeah. funny, but the scene itself is good. It's very good. It's very strong. Mm-hmm. I do want to point out though that it, it, you said that Ben chooses to go to the light and move on. He doesn't choose to. Mm-hmm. It's the effect for some reason being there with Vanya. Vanya causes him to do it, right? And he and he yeah. accepts it. Like, okay, it's my time. I have to go anyway. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't his. He wasn't going to leave. Right. It was that. Yeah. Basically. Because if he was, he was gonna go. He was probably gonna go back and talk to Claus and other and talk to Diego. Right. But no. Like whatever is happening inside of Vanya forced him to go to the yeah. Way beyond. Yeah. But either way, I, I think it's something really interesting that even though Ben doesn't appear so often in the show, neither on season one or season two. In season two, like he appears more often, but like he doesn't get that much amount of dialogue. Uh, I find it really interesting that he's kind of like the heart of the Umbrella Academy, you know? Yes. Uh, like, because even though he he died really young, he still remembers his family and he, like, enjoys whenever they're together, you know? And, and it's, it's kind of like a, a weird, kind of like funny, but at the same time tragic contrast when they see, when you see, like, the whole family together and they're, like, just pissing each other off and just, like, trying to be separated from one another and always, like, keeping the fight going. And meanwhile, you have like Ben as a background character, kind of like just gasping or trying to be with them, you know, because he loves them so freaking much. But, but he class already, don't let him. but class don't let him. And, and, and even if, if he let him, you know, like it's just like he's not there anymore. Like and, and it, it, it represent like him being there as Klaus or in the in Klaus's body. It just represents his family will never be complete unless he was alive, you know, because Klaus mm-hmm. was, wouldn't be there. That kind of shit, you know. Yeah. I just think like he's such an interesting character uh, as a whole in, in this aspect as a ghost, you know. He, he is a highlight of the show, a hundred percent. And I want to start moving in, and uh, I guess we talk about like all the different characters, or we think about them, or we don't. I guess Vanya is the one we didn't talk about much. Uh, I, I want to say that I liked Vanya's plotline. I thought it was pretty interesting. It was a lot better than her season one plotline. Vanya's plotline was another one which was very similar to the season one plotline because she has amnesia. But the reason why I don't have a problem with that is that her season one plotline was so botched that them doing it again but doing it well, like, okay, you know what, you, you want your second shot at doing this and you do it well, fine. Mm-hmm. You know? You're up to improved. I really yeah. like Vanya's plotline. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely... Again, I, I, I find Vanya to be like a really interesting interesting character, personally. Um just just like I don't know, I find I find her to be like a more I, I like the sort of the, the grounding character for the whole for the family, right? Like that's that's it, is this is a family of superheroes, right? And she's the one even even though she wasn't, she she's the normal character, right? And so mm-hmm. it, I think in a way, um I find her really interesting from that perspective of the like the normal person surrounded by all this insanity and like yeah it you know means that she gets sort of outcast it means that she feels very inadequate it means that you know all these things whatever but um i think that that's a really interesting avenue to explore is the idea of the person who is not um powerful and then frankly i i enjoy too playing with the concept of somebody who isn't powerful or has never been powerful becoming very powerful very suddenly Mm -hmm. and struggling with control that's something that i find very interesting um for for you anime fans out there yes i do watch my hero academia (laughs) man anime was a mistake (laughs) 
It's done. But anime was a mistake. But yeah, like I, 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 I saw, I saw you, I saw you not, I saw you doing this while I was talking about Vanny Rodriguez. What's your it, opinion? It's just I, 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 I don't like that plotline in general, as I pointed out. Like I, I don't like the amnesia plotline in whenever, like in any medium or even in the IPs that I've seen and that I love. Yeah, just to point an example, One Piece it also d- did that thing a couple of years ago uh, with a character, and it's, it's just like for me, it just destroys the character. And it's just uh, something that I discussed, I think, with Snaps recently. Like, it was something about if if you lose your memory as a whole, that I have this idea. If you lose your... If, for example, tomorrow you, Arthur, like, you lose completely your memory. Like, all your experiences, relationships, and all that kind of stuff. In, in some sense, you died. Like, Arthur died. And yes. whenever, like, you wake up the next morning, he's a completely different guy. Like, even if I just start t- talking to you about, like, kind of shit of, that we enjoy or that we have been going through, it's a completely different person just mm-hmm. resembling or, like, remembering stuff that another person went through, but not yourself anymore. So that's kind of, like, my problem with Bunny as well. Like, I, I kind of, like, felt she made so much progress and, like, we, we, like, all the fucking first season was about, like, her becoming this super nuclear bomb and like going through all this kind of stuff and like um, kind of like becoming finally part of the family for later down the line just yeah sure like she becomes part of the family and all that kind of stuff and people support her but like that whole where am I who am I uh, do I have powers do I don't have powers all that kind of shit is just like boring for me like it's, it's just I, I agree. I, 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 I'm surprising. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. That... I, 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 although I like her plot line, I do agree that it takes all the accountability away from her, right? I think it, it same thing mm-hmm. as such Klaus. It's a similar plot line from season one. It would be a lot more interesting for plot lines about her accepting what she did. Uh... Like, 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 almost like Luther, right? Accepting what yeah. she did and getting to learn how to control her. Because the first season was all about her, the buildup for her to blow up. And it, it, this was the same thing again. Uh, it's a builder to blow up, but the other members of the Umbrella Academy now can stop it. It'd be interesting if it wasn't the buildup for, for, for her. It wouldn't be the buildup for her to blow up, but it would be her coming to terms with what she did. Well, I think I think in a way they did play with that a bit because when Luther first approaches her, um, she starts to realize that she did something. She knows that she did something. I think it's pretty clear in her character from that point on that she has an understanding that even if she doesn't remember it, something happened that even though Luther was the one apologizing, I think she makes a comment or somebody makes a comment to her or something where it's this realization of like Luther's apology was for clearly something that was was like something no, also that had involved Luther Anya. Her. Luther tells her later on. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Luther tells her later on, but I'm saying when the first apology happens. Yeah. No, and I agree. Close like to the beginning of the, the series, the accountability happens in the season. I just think like for five episodes, we just lose time. Seeing mm-hmm. her like, oh, so I'm the nanny for this kid, and like I, I see this abusive relationship that is going on, and it just, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I kind of feel disconnected because, as Arthur pointed out, like there's some realistic things within this weird world that we're seeing in Umbrella Academy. It just, I just felt whenever like the plot from Banya was coming on, I was watching like a drama movie yeah. going on, yeah. a melodrama happening instead of like, oh, I'm watching this superhero. Uh, quirky stuff that I'm used to seeing from all the other subplots, uh, subplots yeah. that we're seeing, you know. And the thing is, Vanya doesn't. Yeah, she, she doesn't really. She finds out what she to Luther, and her reaction is to go back to the farm. That's her. That's what she does. She goes back to the farm, 
And then later on, we don't see what happens. She goes to the farm, does more of her farm plot line. And then when Five says, it's time to reunite the family, she's back. Yeah. We don't see her processing that information, right? She goes hiding the farm, doesn't really face it. Then she's back. And when she's back, she's back like she wasn't told she blew up the world. And also, Which, that's the thing. I guess they didn't have time to show her doing that. I guess it wasn't time, but I missed it. I, I get what Rodrigo said. And also, I think, uh, kind of like acting wise, I think we have seen Ellen Page going through these yes. characters a lot, you know? Uh, and, and it's not a criticism of like her itself. I just think if the writers gave it like, gave something to her, something different, like I think she has so much range within her acting, acting level. <laughs> That she could it's, put it off like something more interesting, you know? But we just have been stuck with the same kind of like dulled character for two seasons now. That I don't know what to her. expect uh, for season three, you know? Because even though like she becomes more active, for example, when she's driving away with the, with the kid and the mom and all that kind of stuff, like we start seeing like a different character within Banya. And I don't know if they're going to go like the full turn for season three. But now since we have seen it, Season 1 and Season 2 is going to be a huge shift for Season 3, you know? It's also because they needed her to be the Doomsday device. They needed her to be the Doomsday again, so they couldn't really have her come to terms with what she did and become peaceful with that because they needed her to lose it at some point. Oh, and, but, and, and for that point, I, I have something to say before we go into the characters and wrapping up or whatever. Yeah, well, maybe we wrap up soon. I want to get talk about the ending in the commission before I do so, but go ahead. Uh, so I think we have been going through two seasons where the end of the world is at stake because of Banya or, or whatever. Like the end because of the of world. Banya. The, we, of they Banya. have they have to stop the end of the world. Like pretty much that's the the basic plot line. It's like Stranger Things. Yeah. They have to close the portal. So close the gate. for season three, like they're opening a lot of possibilities and it looks like the, the conflict might be scaled down. Uh, and, and I don't mind doing that, but that's also a, something that the writers like corner themselves into, you know? Of making maybe a more personal kind of like conflict for season three. But also, if they go back to the same thing of like, oh, if we don't stop the Sparrow Academy, the, the world is going to end. I don't know. I'm going to be kind of like sick of that fucking plotline. Yeah. Because, but I think, uh, yeah. I, I think they can do it though. Like, again, I don't want the plot. I, I'm done with like, oh, Doomsday is coming. We have 10 days. Like, no, let's not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I do think that they can do something that's not bad and be a good time. Because my favorite two episodes of season one, my favorite episode of season one probably is the data wasn't. Which is uh, those two? There's a two set of episodes, which is the day that wasn't, and the day that was, because it's the day that happens. You watch the day, and fives go back in the past and changes the whole day, right? And re retells the story. Yeah, that's my favorite episode, the day that wasn't, because it really doesn't deal with Doomsday. It's all about the characters coming to terms with their own problems. It's Diego taking care of his mom and finding the truth all about Vanya, and finding the truth about his dad's passing. It's Luther and Allison hanging out and, and dealing with their feelings. It's Klaus dealing with his addiction. It's all that, right? And then it all got turned back because we got to deal with the Doomsday. But like they, they clearly have the chops to write something more personal, yeah. right? So I do think it's a possibility. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about the ending um, and the commission. Yeah. Well, so before we... Well, not, not before. Just something that I wanted to say, just acknowledge that I really liked within the show. Um, is that they did little t- little hints and little call-outs to various conspiracy theories, like real-world conspiracy yes. theories that surround the JFK assassination, like the, bra- the Black Umbrella guy. Black Umbrella guy. Uh, that one, I was like, as soon as they like showed the Black Umbrella, I was like, yes! yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're acknowledging like real stuff that was going on, 
even though that's since yeah. been proven to be not have anything to do with the assassination. Man, but... I, I was sure. I, I was like hundred percent sure for the longest time that we were gonna have Diego be who killed Kennedy, because there's the whole thing about how like he fired one bullet but it hit three different spots. Mm-hmm. So like, man, oh, they're gonna have, yeah, they're gonna have yeah. Diego metal bend a bullet to Kennedy. Like, that's gonna yeah. be it. It's like, oh, it wasn't. But yeah. don't, don't hit that. Anyway. Well, anyway, yeah. Do, do... I, I want to rant a bit about the commission and the sweets. Because they're they're somehow they're important to the ending of the season, <laughs> even though they're the most useless an- antagonists in the whole show. The Swedes spend the whole show dying, being killed, and fucking around doing nothing. And their sole purpose is to save the day at the end. Do we do we have do they have names or are they, they, the no, guy the guy that survives no. have a, have a name? No. And she she gives them a new name, Louis Hewitt and something else, a nickname she gives them, but it's not their actual name. It, they're just recognized as like their papers, like just the Swedes is how they're called in the show. Yeah. And I think he's coming whole, back for season three, definitely. The, their whole purpose in the show is to die and to be comic relief, which is weird when Chacha and Hazel were comic relief, but they're also awesome antagonists. They were scary. The Swedes are not. They're fucking jobbers. And then they show up at the end to that. Uh, I'm sorry, the ending sequence wasn't good. When she beams down, all the commission dudes come down. You're, they all like they all they have machine guns, but they charge because yeah, you know, yeah. Like, oh, you gotta, you gotta, wait, you can you can light up like they, they clearly can light yeah. them up. Like their 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 bullets will like they're clearly shooting, and their bullets from their distance are hitting the barn. But they can't land shots from there. But they're still charging for some reason. No, no, no. I don't understand, dude. Dude, like <laughs> I, I was watching it with my wife, and and I rarely pause when I'm seeing a series. I I, I just try to process everything and then like go back to that but at that moment i paused the series and i was like this doesn't make any fucking sense like (laughs) how how?" like and just think about it it makes more sense in series like game of thrones and medieval shit when they're throwing arrows like over their heads you know and even though with Mm -hmm. that like you you may hit your allies how are you uh, how all these fucking guys shooting they're not shooting at themselves you know between one another like that's just fucking dumb as fuck because bullets are flying everywhere it's like that scene in dark knight rises where the cops are gonna fight bane and instead of like taking cover in a building or like doing a like an invasion tactic no they're just like walking to a file line with pistols yeah and going to a brawl with bane's forces yeah that, that's what it was and then it again dumb fucking plot line commissions useless you have Vanya just wipe them out like nothing. Well, and, and I love and too the that thing. then the second beam wave comes and their bodies just kind oh, of yes, ragdoll. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I kind of laughed when I saw. The, I, the, like the VFX person was having a good. The VFX person yeah. was having a good time with that. Yeah, and, uh, I think this 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 season especially like they like they knew how to use VFX and how to make them look yes. good. You know, like it did, it didn't look cartoonish at any point for me. When they least. have Ben uh, Klaus trying to take Ben out of him and they're fighting each other, was so cool. Yeah. Amazing looking, like it's yeah bonkers. Uh, but but also saying what Stafford just pointed out, like when when Lila does the second uh being wave or whatever, like for me, I I thought like the writers or like the showrunner like wanted to do something kind of like Game of Thrones kind of shit, like kind of like resembling when um when the second dragon died or something in the season. I don't know which fucking season. Game of Thrones fucking sucks at this point. But, like, I, I think they wanted, like, this kind of, like, Ice King moment where it's, like, oh, holy fuck, like, th- this girl is, like, the real shit or something. 
when that fa- like when Lila d- did the second wave, I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. why is this happening?" There <laughs> like, wasn't any really like yeah. any build up also, to it. She had never really done anything like that before, so it was kind of like, "What?" Also, I, so yeah, I, I I watched the show twice, as I said a few times to assert myself as the most expert here in the world. Oh, okay. me. All right, sure. so the whole reason I'm doing sure, sure. this. Get your pipe. <laughs> You need yeah. glasses. You need a pipe. Let me get my my, my, yeah. my, my Hargreaves. There you go. Going. Yeah, yeah. That issues. That issues. Uh, but uh, having watched it twice, there's a again everything with commission on this show is a fucking mess. Lila is leaving the commission to go join Diego because she loves him and she wants to be with him, and we get it. And then AJ points out a case that reveals that Five killed Lila's parents, and she he tells it to Herb. Who Herb tells it to Lila. Herb opens the case, and you assume that he reads it and is going to do something that's going to help AJ because they're part of the resistance. But the, case, but the case notes are faked and say AJ called the hit, not the handler. Herb read that and still told Lila and made her go from I'm going to save Diego to I'm going to kill Diego. And that made negative. Like, I, I'm trying, I, I, like, I'm just trying to think how. Mm-hmm. Even the hand, even the handler was surprised. The handler had a hand and a knife yep. when she came. So for the longest time, I thought, oh, Lila's playing her. Lila read the note. She said AJ called it, fake it, so she can play the handler and lie to her. Like the handler, did, like, I was waiting for that moment that never happened. And can any of us like? Did I miss something? Like what the fuck? And also like the handlers that I think it was I didn't feel satisfied with just that you know. Mm-hmm. No, I, I left. I, I left when she. I, I yeah, left. That, so I, I definitely agree with some of that ending scene. Things like too. Um, I I thought it was weird. They never paid off. There was a line from Klaus that never got. Well, a line from Klaus and Allison, and it never. It was like. Wait, what? So, they're fighting Lila or Lila's fighting five, right? The the rest of them all get together. And they're talking about, you know, oh, well, she must be able to reflect our powers back at us. And Klaus says, but she can only reflect one person at a time. (laughs) Yes. And then Allison is like, I guess. How do you know that? Yeah. And then they just never talk about it again. It's never identified. It's never discussed. There's no payoff as to whether or not Klaus is correct or not correct. Yeah, it was just kind of like exposition for sake of exposition, even though it wasn't confirmed at the end of the day. How how will the reflect, like, Luther is always super strong. Mm-hmm. So when she's around Luther, she has super strength. But then Fives has to actually teleport to trigger his ability. So it's... I think it's that she can, look, like... Look, man, look, man. One character did, did their reflecting abilities well. His name is Taskmaster. He was created a long time ago. Nobody else is able to mimic the Taskmaster no, and do it but well. But you know what? That, that's the problem that also brings... Ever since it has been just dumb. No, with, with Lila, the problem it brings is, like, even the character that we're seeing is thrown with their own powers, you know? And out of nowhere, we have the Lila's. same fucking line of Lila out of nowhere just by mimicking, knows how to control every fucking power out of the gate, you know? That, that for me, is also a problem with that. Yeah, she became right. Taskmaster, like, out of nowhere. Yeah, and that, well, and, and I, I guess... And they, it, 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 they could have hinted at it, you know. Like, uh, uh, one thing I thought when I watched Second Time is knowing that now, I was like, dude, it would have been so cool if she just did a knife toss like Diego. Oh, when she's saving five from the Swedes, you know, she picked up a knife and, and charged at them. Dude, it would have been perfect you, if she just tossed a knife like Diego no, does. But wait, just to hint at it. Th- doesn't they hint it with the, the fight with five on the warehouse? Because she, she yes, starts disappearing and... She's, tele- she's teleporting around, but they don't like. It, it doesn't have the. 
it's one of those things where they're lying to the audience. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. Is one thing I don't like because like it's pretty established. There's a, there's a visual cue and a sound cue when Five is teleporting. That does not happen when she's doing. No, no, no. It. I... On that scene, it happens later, but on that scene, it doesn't happen because they don't want you to figure it out yet. And sh- that's but at that point, you're kind of lying to your audience to keep your secret of love. I agree. Like, I agree. don't don't hint it like that, right? I feel like if they want you to hint it again, if you want to hint at it, Diego's power is super strong. But it also can be just attributed to skill, right? Have her toss a knife and curve and say, oh, she's just an amazing knife, knife thrower maybe, you know? That would be put enough question in people's minds. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, and then and then you have the whole speech where they convince her. It should, that speech should not happen. Again, like, the whole plot, like, she should have turned on the hand that once she found the case notes. There's no reason why AJ and Herb... Would give her case notes that would make her go against them. Makes no sense, sure. But but I but I guess it's kind of like what you said the other in one of the other points that we have going on through this episode, where like they kind of like dismiss it as like a joke kind of thing. Because yeah. also like Luther says this cheesy line and she says like, "Oh, shut up!" Like that's super stupid or something like that. And yeah. then they go back in time. Uh, well, they kill them and five goes back in time and that renders like that. Yeah, point which of, again. Gets my other problem. Like, first we started with Hazel, right? Hazel was bulletproof season one. He would take bullets. He would take stabs, punches. He's like... He, like... Uh, uh, as season one, I thought all the commission agents were kind of, like, superhuman in a way. Like, they were more resilient. Because Hazel was, like, this big fat dude who was also super... He had, like... He had... He, his strength matched Luther's. Right? There's a scene where he can go on and on and on with Luther, who's a superhuman. So it makes you think, oh, he's also a superhuman. He gets gunned down by the Swedes, the most useless people in the series, and die. You have, then you have the scene where Luther, who is shown to take a missile shot, has a chandelier fall on him, has probably, t- has a scene as him as a kid, if I, I might be able to remember this, season one, has a scene where he is like taking bullets as a kid, like they're shooting him and he's just like, whatever. Yeah. Gets gunned down by a, a wildfire UZ, right? And sure, I, I can buy Diego, I can buy even Fives and Allison, Vanya. I, yeah, Vanya is the other weird one because we've seen that Vanya's powers are really reaction based so the moment she'd hear the shopping fired mm-hmm. she'd be able to deflect it but let's say she wasn't fast enough that time maybe she was like sleepy and didn't catch it sure you still have the bulletproof guy <laughs> you still have a person that's essentially bulletproof yeah. yeah who gets gunned down and then you had the funniest moment in the show for me which is when also super predictable. I saw it coming because they showed the Swede driving to the farm earlier. But it's her going to shoot fives. And the Swede just walks by and just shoots her. This guy. This guy. that couldn't do anything the whole season. Waited for everyone to kill each other so he could get it and get a cheap shot at it eventually. <laughs> Dude, that's so hilarious. Like, I, I was bursting out laughing. Like, that's hilarious. Like, I became a fan of that Swede. It's like, dude, yes. Yes. Well, talking about, Fuck yeah. <laughs> I think, and also to start wrapping up because I think we're going to overtime. But yeah, we're in uh, overtime right now. So, what are your guys' predictions for season three? You know, because it's pretty much confirmed. It's just like yeah. we have to put like a stupid post and say like it is confirmed, but pretty much it is confirmed. So they handled pretty hard. What are, What are your predictions for season three? Hmm. Well, so there's definitely there's a new team, right? There's the Sparrow Academy is a bunch of new people. With Ben, um, uh, I, I guess Hargreaves is going to be different. I think something about what the Umbrella Academy did in the past is going to change Hargreaves uh, significantly. I think he's either he's either going to be better or or worse with the kids. 
to be harsher, dude. Yeah, I think he's either he's either going to be harsher with the kids or he's going to be actually like nicer to them. I mean, just um, look at Ben. Just look how Ben turned out. I, mm-hmm. I like that's a clear sign that he is rough, rougher. Yeah. Gave Ben the evil anime hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I had to hold my laughs. Like, oh, he's evil. And I was like, here's mm-hmm. evil anime hair. I think at some point the Umbrella Academy and the Sparrow Academy are going to are gonna go toe-to-toe. I think that's going to happen, for sure. Will you say um, in the first chapter? Well, yeah on, the, yeah, on the first chapter or something, because, you know, like, in the second season, they did, like, the whole Soviet kind of, like, thing scenario mm-hmm. that it didn't, it didn't play out at the end. So do you think maybe, like, on the third season it's going to be like first chapter Sparrow Academy versus Umbrella Academy and then like they're Doomsday. going to go back in time yet again Doomsday I think yeah. I, I, yeah I think that's going to be it that we're going to have the first half of it with them fighting each other and then the second half of it is going to be them bond banding together stop with Doomsday because what is being bold what is writing bold scripts I don't know let's just do it again Let's do. Hey, Str- Stranger Things has been doing for three seasons now. Stranger Things has the same plot line for three seasons, and nobody cares. Oh, so they closed the portal. Yeah. 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 Hey, guess what? Season four, Stranger Things is coming down. I'll bet some good money they're gonna be the climatic end of the season. It's fucking Hopper and whatever her name is. Uh, fuck uh, the girl's mom. <laughs> well, 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 going to close the portal in a mall or something, or Ru- another Russian base, like. We gotta talk about Stranger Things at some point, but it's the weirdest pop culture phenomenon for me, Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think Lila is going to be one of the Spyro Academy uh, one of yes. the, one of the students? I, I guess yes, right? I, I feel like I, that's what she did. I think she's the reason for the Sparrow Academy. I don't know. Cause I don't think so. I don't think so. I think she's I think she's commissioned now. No no no, but I guess like kinda like past Lila. Is that a commission now? No no no, I, I guess maybe i don't know it's just you know like what we talk like stupid train travel i think there's going to be two lilas it's going to be the lila from the commission and then there's going to be a sparrow academy lila that cargrip adopted in this timeline or something because at the end of the day like they want to make it more personal with some of the stuff that happened on the show so i guess like they're going to like cargrip is going to adopt lila Diego is going to recounter Lila in this version as Sparrow Academy, and you're it's making to... too much sense. Stop! No, you're, ma- I, I, you're making too much. And sense. it's going to fall it. fall in love back no. again, but it's a different no. version, kind of. Fits. Oh, you're making too much sense, and I hate There's it. There's going to be an awkward love triangle between <laughs> Diego and the two Lilas. Yeah. Oh, no. I, you, oh no. The thing is, like, you can see it, right? Oh yeah. God, I can it see might, it. it. It might be the thing where it's not even like an awkward love triangle between the two Lilas, but it's just that. Because Lila's now a sparrow, the timeline changed, so she was never with the handler. And we're going to do the thing that we do with Vanya, where she forgets her whole life and everything happened with Diego. Now Diego has to get her oh, heart again. Fuck. Now you're making and more it, sense on me. And they're going to be that plot on Diego. Like, it's, like the, it's like what they're going to do with uh, with Starboard and Gamora on the next Garden film. We're going to have, oh, she doesn't remember, but Diego has to make her remember because the true love is real. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. And, and, and I hate it so much. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was hoping for Lila founds the Sparrow Academy. Like, she goes to Hargreaves and helps him set it up. Is what I would want. I, I, think, I think it's kind of like but what we discussed. But, uh, but it makes too much sense for her to forget everything and have she have a plug. No, but I think it, it kind of makes sense that since Hargreaves met these guys in the past during the jfk situation and so like how fucking useless they were because he, he points it out he says like 
so wh why am I here, you know? Like, how am I going to solve it? That's, that's the question. Like, all this freaking time, they wanted to meet with Harvey because supposedly he had the answer. But he trained he them to, to... He didn't. And he trained them to... In order for, for... Yeah, exactly. So, at the end of the day, he's going to realize... I didn't train this properly, or these are the right candidates, and he's going to look for somebody that they are not the guys that he met in the JFK situation. Also, also, I think the big reason we skipped Shuai that he's not gonna adopt them, which is also it's again five said that if he changes his past life and if his past self doesn't go back to the past, his future self will never go back to the past with them, and he won't exist. But then we have the Sparrow Academy, which means the whole Umbrella Academy exist because the past is different and Harvey's never hired them so by the rules the show set up they shouldn't exist because of the paradox but anyway who likes time travel right yeah and yeah, uh, see, again this is why you don't do time the, travel man but, but barring, the, barring the clearly weird thing that happened the plot by the thing that they said like they did that five anyway that thing happened you understand what I said <laughs> Taking that out. Take, I, I just figured this out. I just was thinking about it. Like, it doesn't make sense for them to still be alive because the Sparrow Academy is a thing which changed the past. Like, anyway, but I think the real reason why Hargreaves is not going to get the Umbrella Academy is because simple. Diego cock-blocked him. Yeah, I know it, that. It's simple I think, as that. There was a plot yeah. line where Diego straight up makes him lose the love of his life. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I was going to point that out too. It's like, I'll bet you mother, the mother character is no longer a thing anymore. So I'll bet yes. you that was it as Hargreaves made her after they'd had a long relationship. And that was it as, you know, she dies at some point and Hargreaves makes her for the kids. But I'll bet you that that event disrupts that. Yeah. It would not surprise me if that's what makes the, that's that's where the harsher thing comes in with the new Umbrella Academy. Is that that's it is basically Hargreaves probably is not any more harsh than he already was. Because he's already kind of over, but there's the, no mom. over yeah. the top. Yeah, but there's, then he doesn't make them a mother figure. He doesn't make them a confidant. Right. Yeah. He doesn't give them somebody that can be the more positive Fuck. influence for them. So uh, it removes um, that uh, from, from there. Why why would they add a line that says, if your past self will do the things you did, your future self won't exist, and then contradict that That's, in the same I mean, the season. big thing is, uh, honestly, if you're going to do something like time travel, you need to just not have rules. Dude, Endgame end game did it perfectly. Endgame said, don't ask too many questions. Different timelines are not different timelines. They're different universes. That's how it works. Don't ask too many questions. That just works. It's not a different timeline. It's a different universe. We're, we're not going awesome. to Awesome. We're not going awesome. to Awesome. That. that works. It's simple. It's extent. You don't ask enough questions. You're not going to the past. You're going to a different universe. Awesome. Good. It's done. We're, we're, Do that. No. Don't know. No. We're, mm. we're not going into that, but like... <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I, I find it really interesting what they're going to what what they're setting up for season three. I just think it's going to be. The, the thing is, I think a lot of people might um, get out of the show, just because it's going to be a more personal conflict, or it's going to scale down instead of like the whole end of the world shenanigans. If they if well, they don't go that way, right? But uh, well, but I find uh, it really interesting. Like as, as Arthur pointed out, if they go more a personal route and like seeing these conflicts of Sparrow Academy and all the things that we're discussing, I can see it happening in the season. I think it will be really interesting. So yeah. if you're a writer on the Umbrella Academy, just like give us all royalties. No worries. <laughs> if, if you're a writer on Umbrella Academy, you need some advice on how to fix your stupid time travel. Call me. I'll help. Man, how about I? I really want. For one day, like if this podcast blows <laughs> up, like just to bring everybody that you have called an idiot yeah. and just like yeah. held you accountable yeah. because of that. <laughs> Let me make something very clear: the writers of the Umbrella Academy are good because both seasons are good. I'm just a critic. 
And if I if I if I stay here talking about the things I love about the Umbrella Academy, we won't have an entertaining show. So I have to be the Debbie Downers and bring up how stupid their fucking time travel rules are. You fucking idiots. <laughs> Don't fucking set up a paradox and then ignore it. What is this? Film school? Get out of here. Oof. Man. Oof. Oof. Bro. I think anyway, uh, I think that's anyway. the close off that episode. All right. I'm anyway, you, I, 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 we gotta I, I, we gotta get the clap back from uh, from the Umbrella Academy writers, man. I, I, you guys want to release I, I, a statement and uh, and tell Arthur that he's wrong? Go right ahead. We'll uh, we will we'll support you. We will support uh, Umbra- you. Uh, Umbrella Academy writers, I love you. It's tough love. That's what I call it. So I guess. This, <laughs> anyway, so I guess <laughs> that's an episode. I guess this episode there won't be any recommendations. Uh, we're switching to this format for at least a couple of episodes, just for people that have been listening to be aware. Uh, see how it works it's gonna be both on spotify and on youtube as well as probably get some highlights going yeah uh so pretty much we're going to be trying to get some guests for some interviews and like in between we're going to be reviewing shows that we enjoy but also like as arthur pointed out if something looks shady or is fucking stupid we're going to point yeah, it out because that's the thing about it like we're we're not here we're not here to be actual movie critics right if, if i was that doing that i'd be writing for polygon we are here to be entertainers and saying what we love is not entertaining I'm sorry, but negativity is fun. What can I say? I don't make the rules. So, see you guys. <laughs> well, uh, see you guys later. Thanks for yeah. joining us. And uh, yeah, goodbye. <laughs>